You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's your friends at Kapow, the pop culture podcast with another brand new episode. My name is Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. Seth, for now. I'm hype, you guys. I'm up. I'm I'm up. You got me you got me going. Adrenaline <laughs> pumping. Mm. Sounds like you're getting ready to do eight mile. <laughs> I do have spaghetti on my He's... shirt. That's not <laughs> Uh, how we doing all right i did i had i did have a question for you guys before we started tonight you guys both have kids that are younger youngish so i had a, a teen girl come in the store this week and i i didn't quite know what was happening whether it was some new fad uh some fashion accessory or what it was but she was carrying you came to the right ball. guys you came to the right guys fashion mm-hmm Sense. You have the you have your, you have you have people closer finger, to teens than I do. Finger yeah, on the you pulse. just saw my teen walk by in his underwear. <laughs> uh, she was carrying a baseball bat, right? Okay. And like baseball you're not, season, Jordan. I don't know if you know that, but yeah, not like wearing a softball uniform with a ge- you know a bag of gear. Oh, ironically. That was it. It was an old wooden bat with like tape around the handle. So what? It didn't look like a, you know, something that had been used recently. Sounds like a Harley Quinn thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she she was yeah, just wearing shorts and a t-shirt, and like her her friend was with her, and like that she would lean the bat against the shelf and flip through a book, pick it up, put it on her shoulder, and just just walking around with a baseball bat. And so my my friend Logan was in there, friend friend of the podcast, friend of mine and yours. Heard of him. And we kind of looked at each other and just kind of kept talking, and neither of us said anything. But we're like, we we both so, and Logan will say anything to anybody at any time if you've yeah. ever met him. So he he managed to keep his 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 <laughs> his comments to himself. But I was like, if he's if he wasn't here, like they outnumber me, were they going to jump me and like take the register? They're like, were they getting were they getting a kickstart on like? Some post-apocalyptic thing. Mm-hmm. Were they getting ready uh, for the? Were they going to purge me? Like I didn't know what the story was got here. <laughs> Be ashamed, something were to happen to it. Roaming gangs of Marietta. That's what we're known for. So I, I didn't know if you'd seen that around the, the, the middle school or 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 anywhere else, but I, girls are walking around with bats now. You guys, that's 2020. Bats are fine. Riverdale jack, jackets, no. <laughs> <laughs> And when when they left, we but me and Logan both turned to each other, and we both said we wanted to say, "What is that? A Jose Canseco bat? <laughs> Tell me you didn't pay money for this." Logan so, better yeah, watch look- out. One time, uh, we were at the grocery store he works at, mm-hmm. and uh, my wife was over in the frozen food section. Had you know with her bat. He's lucky she didn't have a bat. And uh, she had the door open. And Logan was, you know, it's just a walk-in freezer behind there. And Logan was back there doing something and saw her. And, like, reached out and screamed. 
Oh my god. Threw the bags of frozen food and and naturally she uh she screamed and jumped. He thought it was funny. <laughs> He's like a manager. He's the one in <laughs> charge there. And uh <laughs> for like the it next the next 6 months she was like paranoid of of being yeah. over in that department because she was I'm always off scared frozen he was going to vegetables. Yeah. No more. Yeah, she was always scared he was going to reach out and and accost her. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that'd leave a mark. So Logan, uh, if anyone wondered, was the star co-star co-creator of Running the Asylum. That we have done a few audio versions of scripts we never filmed. If you remember, it was a YouTube short there for a while about me as a as a comic store owner and him as a customer. And he, he has not been involved in these new recordings, but he finally listened to them and gave us his seal of approval and said he thinks they're better than the original films we made. And he said, well, why didn't we do it in that format from the beginning? So he, th- <laughs> he thinks what we have done, uh, recreating these old scripts via audio is far superior, without him, <laughs> is far superior to what we made with him. So. We need to add a well, foley. Glad to have his seal of approval. Mm, we do. We need, we, yeah, we need to add some foley. Yeah, yeah. Clop, clop, clop. In comes. Creak. <laughs> food door opens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of those. Uh, one of those ones we did. I did go back and sampled the original YouTube from the Jordan's original YouTube mm. videos. The doorbell sound. Yeah. At, the, at the old store and put it in there. Nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah. If I forgot to tell you, that was a very nice touch. And I had a Speaking weird. Of... I swear, like when I heard that, I looked at the door because I was so attuned. <laughs> after a decade, when I heard that ding, I knew someone was coming in the door. I was like, <laughs> You're like, I'm trying to record a podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> That's pretty nice. Uh, we have uh, what other... we had other comments this week too. Uh, Mr. Terry W. Irvin the second left the comments. He is an author himself of fantasy and sci-fi novels. Quite a few of them. Very prolific. Uh, www.irvin-author.com E-R-V-I-N-author.com If you want to check out any of his novels. He said, listen to this, guys. He enjoyed the report on book sales and how they broke down across markets and possible trends. Oh, so there you go. The, the people have spoken. Pie charts. Did he, did he write Dogman? <laughs> I don't think he wrote Dogman. <laughs> I bet he wishes he wrote, wrote Dogman. We all do. So from now, we're going to get that report every year because someone out there liked it. So we're going to break down all these numbers and pie charts every single year. Mm. Good. Good, because <laughs> it always leads to... Uh, other good stuff, and, fake and, noodles and all kinds. Yeah. All right. Speaking of novels and writing and books and words, are you are you reading more, even more time travel books? Uh, I've got about five months worth of wow. time travel reports. Wow. Okay. Where do you yes. find the time? It's just a jump to the left. With your hands on your hips. Let's do 
So this month, or this couple weeks, the book here is. This is the one that started it all. This is the one that made me want to see if there are other time travel books that I want to read. It's called The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton. I want to say he was a English author. I'm not sure. Anyway, a friend of mine recommended friend of the podcast, Eric Robinson, had read it. Prolific reader. He's not an author, but he is a, quite the reader. And he said, I'm reading this book. It's really good. And it is really good. It's a, I have read a few Agatha Christie books over the last few years. Tried to look up what the better ones were, you know, because there's a lot of them. So I was trying to read the, the most well-known, good, you know, highly acclaimed ones. And I don't know if I can go back to them after reading this, because this book is like you're reading an Agatha Christie novel, you know, where everybody comes to the mansion and somebody gets killed and who did it, you know, but it's also a time travel book in that a guy comes to and doesn't, doesn't really know who he is, doesn't recognize his body and just kind of has to go with it until a whole boy is right. And then, uh, it is this, this happens over seven and a half or no seven days, I think, but there's, it's the same day. I feel like it's been a while since I read it over and over. Hmm. And I really don't want to give it, Oh, in a way, but there is some time jumping in there. He can go back to certain times in the day, depending on things. It's it's a very clever idea. Like I was hyper impressed with it, and it it's so twisty though that I I read about half the book, and I'm just like you know keeping it all straight in my head, but it's just twists upon twists of like trying to keep track of when he was where and who as who and yada yada and trying to figure out who the killer is. And at one point I was like, I got, I missed a couple things. I was like, wait a minute. What was that? I know it was just, I'm sure it was in there. I just, it's so much. And I texted Eric and said, I've only missed a couple things. He's like, you just give up because you are going to, it's just hang on for the ride. And that, it became like that. It was just like so much so dense and all of that that eventually i was like i could not i'm not it's not my job to make sure this all connects <laughs> you know but i i really i really thought it was good i don't know that it totally stuck the landing for me but i still loved the ride so it made me want to go look for other time travel books and see it, it, what other people had been doing and so it's the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. If you like murder mysteries and time travel, this is it, man. Is it a recent book? It looks fairly new. Yeah, yeah, it's not not too old. I don't know what year, but I'm sure it's from this decade. But it's set in modern day as well. It's not. It doesn't. You can't tell. It's at. It's like you all went back to the old mansion in England. So it's like clue. Who knows what time it is? Yeah, it's just a couple years old. Good stuff. Hmm. 
Okay. Right. <laughs> I was just seeing uh, how long we could go there. <laughs> I'm still not used to talking about books. That's weird. <laughs> so let's go back to our old friend, the television. <laughs> just some rabbit ears. Mm-hmm. What in the good Lord is going on? Nothing. Them just some fellas I play car pranks with. The worst thing about prison was the was the Dementors. Nobody exists on purpose. Nobody belongs anywhere. Everybody's gonna die. There are no strings on me. So if you want to make more money and uh, keep the money that you make, better call Saul. He looks like a panda and a Disney princess had a baby. Somebody royally forked up. Somebody forked up. First, I thought you and the others were gods. Then I realized you're just men. And I know men. You guys, look at my dirty girl. Roll on snare drum. Curtain. Good joke. <clears throat> Television. Yeah. Well, the Emmys, the Emmys were as we record. The Emmys were just last weekend. We did most of an episode all about the Emmy nominees and our opinions and what who we thought would win or should win. So we we won't go back over all that. But I'll give you some oh. of the big winners here. Uh, with a There's record, three, three winners, yeah, three shows. With a record, seven primetime awards and nine total. Schitt's Creek kind of took the whole first half of the night. Best yeah, good. comedy, yeah. best actress, Catherine O'Hara winning her first award, best actor, Eugene Levy, best supporting actress, Annie Murphy, best supporting actor, Daniel Levy, writing, directing, it basically swept yeah. the whole, all the comedy awards. Good on that. I mean, it's almost enough to uh, get me to try to watch that show for the third time. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, I, it kind of annoyed me. I'm like, all right, just it's enough. I don't believe it. I still don't believe it. I've watched there was watched a, a season and a half of the show, and I, I'm like, no, I shouldn't have put this much effort into some pretentious people walking around yet going, oh, where's this? Oh, where's my purse? <laughs> Shut up. It's not that great. There was a, uh, a an outpouring of uh, excitement the next morning. Um, people were posting their reactions to uh, to uh, all the all the wins for the actors and the, and the writing and and um, you know I, I was the one out of the group that said to watch it. I really liked it, and um, I, I like all those people. They seem very nice. It was I I I I just really am happy for them, but mm-hmm. it's it, it was a very important it. show to a. I feel like a a certain group of people that um, don't get a lot of attention um, on TV. So Canadians, yes, exactly. It was Canadians. <laughs> All right, uh, variety talk series went to last week tonight with John Oliver. Variety sketch series went to Saturday Saturday Night Live. And they also won for Best Guest Actress and Guest Actor, Maya Rudolph and Eddie Murphy. Best Animated went to Rick and Morty. 
Best Actress for a Drama went to Zendaya for Euphoria. I believe it was kind of an upset. She's the I, youngest I, ever winner of that award. It's a great I show. Really, I really like that first season. Mm-hmm. There's only been one season, right? Yeah. Yeah, I really, really liked it. It's not, I would not say, if you're looking for a feel-good show, <laughs> go check no. out Euphoria. But if you like a good show, it's it's there. Uh, best actor for a limited series or movie was Mark Ruffalo for I Know This Much Is True on HBO. Best supporting actress for a drama, Julia Garner for Ozark, repeating. She's good. Best, best supporting actor for a drama, Billy Crudup for The Morning Show. I, if I could find a way to watch Apple TV on my Seth TV, I would get it. Mm-hmm. But I don't have an Apple TV, whatever, contraption. And my TV won't break, so I don't have a smart TV. Don't have a Roku. There's no Apple app on PlayStation. There's no way for me to watch it except on my phone mm. or computer. And that's not convenient no. for watching a quality show. And there's several things that, uh, that I've got, like, I would like to watch. And that's one of them. I heard he does a great job in that. So, can't watch. Uh, supporting actress for a limited series or movie was Uzo Aduba for Mrs. America. That was good. Best TV movie, Bad Education, again from HBO. We all like that, right? Everybody, I like that. I don't remember watching it. That's the Hugh Jackman principal true story. I did not watch it. It's it good. Uh, and our one of our favorites of the year, Watchmen, was the most nominated coming in. It won some of the big ones. Best limited series. Uh, Regina King won best actress. Uh, best supporting actor for Yahya Abdul Mateen II. And best writing for a limited series or special. Uh, and mm-hmm. then, the much like comedy was kind of one show, the drama was the same thing with Succession. One for best drama, best actor, Jeremy Strong, guest actress, Cherry Jones, one for writing, one for directing. So, uh, yeah, there wasn't, well, there wasn't I, a whole lot of variety this year. Yeah, I really like Succession. Should have had a Kieran Culkin award, Matthew McFadden, I think, is the other guy that was so good in that. But those, those, it's a good show. Good show. Yeah, kind of, kind of an odd evening with everybody Zooming and you know, mm. Jimmy Kimmel was the host and everything was socially distanced. And it they went off it. pretty well. There weren't any weird technical glitches or anything. But I'm not sure how they did it for sure, but I definitely saw a clip of, like, I would assume that they took the awards to the person person's house, whatever, and gave it to him. But I definitely saw a clip of a guy that was nominated looking out the window and a person presenter is out there holding his award, award and they announced who won and it wasn't him. And that person went and got in the car and drove away. Wow. It's like, so that's crazy. Well, the thing, it was sponsored by <laughs> Kia something, Bye. whatever. whatever. We the drove new... all the way here with a yeah. freaking award to tease you. And then yeah. we left. You can see it. But, but yeah, I don't know how do you, how you keep it under wraps. But yeah, it was like sponsored by Kia. So the, the thing, the, the conceit was, we quick, we got to get these awards 
to these people's houses. We better drive this new Kia that handles well and accelerates. Yeah. This, you know, so that was the idea that there was a Kia parked outside everyone's house. I, I didn't think it was actually real, but that was that was the gist of the story. That's and then true. some of them, they, they built the, these boxes that sat in their room. And if you won, it like popped open and confetti jumped out and your statue was inside. But then four other people had empty boxes. So I, again, it's a little bit crueler than yeah. normal just having to sit in an audience. But what are you going to do? It's 2020. Cruelty is the name of the game. That's right. <laughs> ah. So that was yeah, it. The, Those were the big winners. Yeah, there's yep. only three big winners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's just get right to it. You, uh, I heard you say before the episode you had some happy days to talk. <laughs> so are you? Are you off the days? I'm. I'm. Yeah. I have. There's. There's stuff I've watched that you uh, that we haven't talked about, but I have not watched for the last okay. several days. You so no longer have me TV, which is where I've been watching Correct. all of these. So Correct. we, where we ended our debate with no consensus of, of our jump the shark v burn down arnold's right uh, we're we're toward the end of season six here well i got i'll tell you what i've saw okay Joni smoked oh smoke is not cool shortcake <laughs> it's not cool hey you can't do that uh we had dear aunt fanny that was a uh, richie took over for the dear abby in the local paper Right. And, and the classic they, paint the line down the center of Brady the, the Bunch, apartment. Yeah. The old Brady Bunch scheme. <laughs> put a line down the middle. But for Ralph and Potsy, they wrote to dear Aunt Fanny, not knowing it was Richie. What the crazy hijinks. Um what the heck. And then uh had a well, it's just so it was so stupid. <laughs> like they come into Arnold's. Ralph's in his robe with his bathtub scrub brush. <laughs> I'm like, guys, season six is out of control. <laughs> How else are you going to know he was trying to take a bath? Right. Uh, we had a new Leather Tuscadero song. More fake saxophone here. But they, they go on the freaking... Got trying to get on the Dick Clark show equivalent playing the song somebody steals the song when they finally get everything fixed i mean that was like a fine song or whatever but that is that what they play no we are merchandising and trying to hit you know they were trying to go for clicks in 1970 whatever they did the fonzie there was a there was and i had totally forgot about do the fonzie mm -hmm. oh yeah, my his god own dance and everything yeah. it was so much I think it involved thumbs. Going yes, to and you drop to the ground and. Do... I think that was the scarn you're thinking of. <laughs> it's very much like the scarn. That's exactly right. You need to match those up. I bet. Same tempo. Um, then we had a totally ridiculous episode trying to act like leather would ever date Ralph Mouth. That was crazy. I actually like that episode. Yeah, it is, it is sweet. It, his because it he, had that. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It was that idea of like I'm tired of just being the jokester. She was tired of just being the tough rock Leather chick. person. Yes. Yeah. And then like they dressed them up to go to the ball, and like Susie Quattro looked gorgeous with the the right. dress on and the hair up. Yeah. I was like, wow. 
yeah, way out of Ralph's league. But she's way out of that band's league. What she just sure, plays sure. with Ralph and Potsy and fake sax Richie? No. She's she shouldn't even be on this show. I don't know what's happening. Then we had a Scooby-Doo episode where they're all got in caskets and we're switching around, hiding, pretending to be dead bodies when the gangsters were freaking coming. We had uh, the candy man, <laughs> Sticky, and Eugene. It was and like Bull from Night Court. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then we had, and the widow Fonzarelli. Right. <laughs> and then we had the cameo from Laverne and Shirley. They all come in, Lenny and Squiggy and everything. That is a good big, moment where where they're like raggy. leaning back, yeah. looking at Widow, <laughs> the Widow Fonzarelli. And Arnold came back. Ralph yeah. uh, or Pat Morita came Yeah. Back. He had not been back for several seasons. He came back for Fonzie's funeral. <laughs> hey, they're good... trying to stop counterfeiters. How else are you gonna do it without faking your own death? You have to. The money's in the casket. What are you going to do? You can't take it out. How are you going to catch it? They even have the spinning wall. I mean, it's Scooby-Doo. That's all it was. Um, and we had uh, Mork returned. Yeah. because Kind Mork. of disappointing. It was just a clip show. Yeah. that's that's. I was like, okay, Mork. And then, nope. It was just like, look at the Earthlings. They do things. Then we had a French guy come, and we had fencing duels. <laughs> anytime you want to tell me, anytime you want to relent and admit that it falls apart way before Arnold. Not when I'm enjoying it this much. <laughs> and we have Chachi selling Incredowax. He's the basic, Chachi's the ShamWow guy. That's where I left off. That's how far back I am. Okay, so you didn't see the farmer's daughters? No. Did they okay, break was... down by the side of the road so or was... something? So that was the first episode of season seven. They went on another vacation. And Fonz heard <laughs> tell there's these legendary farmer's daughters that live nearby. But the farmer will chase you off if you ever get near them. They leave a pie out on the windowsill. And like... Mm -hmm. And not six episodes earlier, Fonz was berating Richie for trying to cheat on Lori Beth. He kissed another girl. He's like, I don't hang out with cheaters. And he's like, Richie, come on. We got to go meet these farmer's daughters. So Fonz completely changes his tune. Yeah, but when you're on vacation, he <laughs> right. got to, uh, at the beginning of season six, Westward Ho, Richie got to date Thunder. True, true. Thunder. When you're in uh, Westward Ho... What what happens in Westward Ho stays in Westward <laughs> with that Westward Ho. <laughs> but to sneak, so Fonzie had a plan because any 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 suitor who ever came to the farm, yeah, the dad would chase you off with a shotgun. So they got into a cow suit, you know, like front legs, back legs. They dressed up like a cow and snuck onto the farm. And it was funny, oh like God. Fonzie hands on the suit, and Richie's like. Which half am I, Fonz? And Fonz just looks at him like, what half do you think you are? And it, was, it was an amazing, just nonverbal joke. of like, come on, Richie. Uh, also, Laverne and Shirley show up in that episode. They were just happened to be by the same lake. Jamil Shamazel. Right. Uh, after that, there was this weird, some, uh, some uh, arch foe of Fonzie comes in 
the like the merchant marines have arrived. It's like Fleet Week. I don't know. I don't know where the Navy comes from in the Milwaukee, but like all these sailors. <laughs> what <a> all these, <laughs> yeah, there. Arnold was full of sailors, and one of them was Fonzie's old enemy. But Father Delvecchia talked him into don't no no violence, Fonz. So we had Al as his brother, Father Delvecchia. Uh, Marion crashed the car through Arnold's window. What? The DeSoto? She left it. Yeah, she left it parked on the top of a hill, and it slid down and crashed into it. Women. And and Howie was like really mean to her, and, and like called her irresponsible, and and so she decided to go to prison. She could have paid a fine or go to prison for five days. So she to teach Howard, you know, to not be mean to her. She went to prison instead. Was Kirk there? Yes, Officer Kirk is the one who booked And probably hadn't seen him since Fonzie's funeral. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then the last one I watched, uh, Ch- Chachi sells his soul to the <laughs> devil's nephew. Because <laughs> no one will, they won't invite Chachi to the to the to the party on campus. Joni won't go out with him. He's too young, so he sells his soul to be more mature and for people to like him more. And uh, the devil's nephew shows up, Melvin Scratch, as a weird little twitchy guy. If if you had told me it was Melvin Trump, I would have been like, <laughs> I I actually I just put two and e- two together. Find it easier to believe that in Milwaukee there's a port to hell than there is to the sea. <laughs> so Chachi signs his name on a dotted line and everybody starts falling in love with him but it's too much he can't handle all the attention he doesn't like it so Fonzie has to bargain with the devil's nephew and decides if he if he can go 24 hours without a girl kissing him he will let Chachi's soul go and if not they both have to sell their souls devil went down to Milwaukee right so of course at the end like Chachi wakes up it was all a dream or was it Ooh. He's happy days. (laughs) But I want to give a shout out. I've I've been watching this since he jumped the shark in what early season five. Every single episode has been directed by Jerry Paris. Yeah. Who co-star on the Dick Van Dyke show, the neighbor, Jerry Helper, directed a bunch of episodes of the Dick Van Dyke show. I don't know of a sitcom nowadays that would have a single director doing the, I'm sure it's not a complicated setup. You know, it's, it's a very simple show to shoot. I'm sure. But go Jerry Paris for putting your stamp on some classic television. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not saying that these, this string of episodes is not entertaining. It is very entertaining, <laughs> but it is a lot of stupidity. Just like the craziest plots. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm. I think I can probably look some of these up on YouTube, so I might try to... I don't want to miss when it all goes downhill. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to ride this peak. I want to look ahead to see when uh, Arnold gets burned down, but I don't want to... I kind of want it to just happen organically, so I I want to know, but I also don't want to know how how much longer I've got. Yeah, you want to just be like, ooh, what's happening? Oh, no. (laughs) He left the oven on her. What was he... Grease fire or something? They make burgers uh, and then leave with a girl. Something oh. like something irresponsible like that. Oh, it was classic Chachi. Mm-hmm. 
Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> he hasn't been saying that lately. They got away yeah. from the dumb it, uh, yeah. catchphrase. <laughs> Get a little lazy. Ugh. <laughs> I love it. We need to keep this up. When we run out of this, we're moving on to another sitcom. I'm telling you guys, Three's Company is just lying there. That's the one. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, like if we're going to pivot and change, I, like that, we might as well just go full in. Yeah. We're just going to become the rewatch podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, and you guys watch anything that wasn't on MeTV? <laughs> Hold that on, let me like check my shot. notes. <laughs> no, you Plus didn't. A bunch, of stuff, a bunch no. of stuff on HBO, but... Yeah, I did too. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about HBO. Um, uh, the last couple of days I kept bringing this up because this is what I've been watching, is uh, from HBO Max, the new series called The Vow. If we understood the world... And if we understood ourselves, that's worth everything. ESP Nexium is a methodology that allows people to optimize their behavior. Nexium is the umbrella company. Keith was the founder. He had the highest IQ in the world. He was a legend. Our main belief is to have people experience more joy in their lives. It's a worldwide organization. LA has a center. San Francisco is building a center. Miami, London. You will be as ethical as possible. You will be that which you want to see in the world. When conventional solutions don't work, maybe the unconventional way of thinking does. They have hacked the human brain. I was looking around at all these people that just didn't seem joyful. I started to get concerned. There's a group of women that have signed a vow. They've given things as collateral. And they're trying to recruit other women to do this. There's a secret organization in Nixium. They sign a lifetime vow of obedience, and they're branding girls. I'm so strong. Like, you'd never be able to do what I just did. If you believe I've done something good, that's important, because I always want to earn my authority. Um, that we've we're currently five episodes into and um you recommended yeah, I sent you a text that i said if you i remember everybody talking about that uh cult yeah a couple of years ago and the girl from uh uh smallville smallville getting involved in it and stuff and i was like hey if you're interested in this you need to watch this show yeah that first episode i was like oh i'll give it a shot I'm, we weren't watching anything so i turned it on that first episode i was just kind of like huh this is not that great. Not very. It, it would. It wasn't. It wasn't catching my interest because it was just talking. It was giving you the history, um, the information of of the group, how it started. Oh, it's like a documentary. It was showing how you get. It. It is. Oh yeah. There. I thought it was like a dramatization. I thought mm-hmm. it was no, a no. scripted. This yeah. is oh, okay. a guy that was in it for like fifteen years. I think twelve is was their video was their videographer yeah so it's he just has endless footage yeah and Met, access he he's from he was from south africa and then he was a filmmaker um and then got introduced to this keith ranieri is that right 
Rainier. Yeah. Rainier. Um, he's just a like really smart guy that Keith Rainier, the just classic cult leader. Yeah. You know, he's very charismatic and just has a great way to twist things and make things sound, you know, they're, they're not like doing drugs or anything like that. It's all just like, they don't live in a compound. Be your best self. Yeah. yeah. Take, take a class, you know, this is, we'll, we'll, we'll teach you how to get the most out of your life type of deal, which sounds, you know, like a lot of thing, you know, a lot of different things that I've seen commercials it for. Sounds like, it sounds like you're saying people in Hollywood have low self-esteem. So I, I just want to double check that that's what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but. So, what, so, so yeah, we're yeah, using his footage is, is what it is. It's okay. a lot of access. A lot of access mm-hmm. is what makes it what, I mean, to have the guy that, I mean, it's not a coincidence that, he would want to make this, but when he's like getting out of it, he's like, well, I have all this footage. I'm going to use it. Yeah. And he's like showing, you know, how the workings were, what was happening and things that he what Cause his job was kind of like their, uh, make, put them in a good light. So, he, and I mean, and the guy, I'm and he sure was, they were helping people. Yeah. You, know, you really got the vibe that you could say like, here's something I worry about. And they're like, they fix that for you by talking about it, making you think about it a certain way, and you're not worried about it anymore. Right. It's like, and this guy was wasn't just the film guy. He was very involved with several factions of this group. Okay. They have like the the main one was like called like ESP. That's the one the stuff we're talking about. Then they had one that was like. SOP for like alpha learn how to be an alpha male and protect the women and that type of stuff. Um, and then the one that made all the news was this secret DOS group, um, that was involving or, uh, Allison Mack and all these women. And, uh, we, we had talked about, you know, when this was happening, um, or coming out the, the branding, and um, this master-slave relationship these women were having. So, and of course they've tracked it. You know, eventually they got to the point where, oh, um, it, it started out. Keith doesn't know about this. Um, this is just about empowering women and a sisterhood and a secret sorority type stuff. And then, like an episode or two later, you're, you know, we find out. Oh, he totally started this and was sleeping with all these women. So you get branded with a, they, they're like, okay, these, this brand, this is all about the elements. This is a, this is a water, this is a mountain and this is the earth or whatever. And then they're like, uh, they're like, oh, if you turn this way, these are his initials. If you turn the other way, it's Allison Max initials. Yeah. It's like, and we, you are branded in a tattoo. It Mm -hmm. is like, you got. It's disgusting. It isn't even as nice as a nice Yellowstone. I like a good branding, a Yellowdale branding. This is not a pretty thing. Yeah, we're not talking, not even like a cow, you know. <laughs> not even a nice clean cow. No. It's like, what, did you drip acid on Let's, these people? or what? Hot let, let me get this cauterizing iron, and I'm going to write on you with yeah. it. So. Well, well, you're already here. You came blindfolded and naked. So while you're here. You might as well get brand this. you. Get this on your junk. You know, it's great. It's great. 
But it took um, a, it took a while to get to that point. There's a whole yeah. lot of stuff before that. I would hope so. That's not your orientation. Yeah, no, that's, that's your... not day one stuff. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, the guy we're talking about, his name was Mark. I had it, Mark Vincenti, something like that. I don't know. And he's actually he um while he was in this group, he got introduced to and eventually married Bonnie. Is it? Peace, I assume. I don't know. It's an Australian name. She's the girl that played Aunt, Aunt Beru. Beru in the Star Wars prequels movies. She's um, like Holden Luke. Yeah. Are you going to keep them down on the farms of Tatooine once they've been branded? <laughs> it's pretty crazy and just how much they can get away with and things. Yeah. Do you see him with the Dalai Lama? Yeah. That was... I don't like the Dalai Lama anymore after seeing that. I was yeah, like, you're was, an idiot. Yeah. Like I, think... I've always kind of respected it. And then I was like, I don't, the only the bad thing I ever heard about him, he said something about women or something a year or two ago, kind of like they were secondary or something. I was like the Dalai Lama. But hmm. then after seeing him with this guy and yeah. just like absolving him of everything, he, I'm like, they had arranged for the Dalai Lama to meet Keith in this group or whatever you uh this company um as a way to like hey if we can get this legitimacy guy, yeah it'll make us look really great and um, because we're getting all this bad press and people are calling us a cult and the dalai lama's you know people um canceled it because they're like oh this this looks gross and so they go and meet fly to meet with him because they have all the, this, this company has all this money they've taken from people. And then like the Seagram's people got involved, the heiress and she's, you know, multi-millionaire and, and funding all this stuff. So they fly to meet the Dalai Lama. And then the Dalai Lama's just like, you know, he basically looked at him. He's and innocent. Says, you have kind eyes. You could not have done this. You're telling me you didn't do this. So I believe you. And that was he, it. Rela- he relates to it because the Chinese people trashed him or whatever. So, right. yeah, yeah. So, anyway, the big thing allegedly, is allegedly, allegedly, yeah. The big thing that was like, uh, I thought, how I, I can't understand the thought process of someone saying, okay, we're gonna have a slave master relationship, you're gonna have to text me to see how many to see if you can eat. Can I have 84 calories, right? Okay, and you gotta wait for me to text. Yeah, so all these girls like Allison Mack, even, and she's like one of the leaders of that, is like starved. Yeah, you know they're all starving themselves in these master slave relationships. And when you get into them, you monthly you have to give them what they call collateral, like incriminating things that you've done. Yeah, let them know secret information. Take dirty pictures yourself. Anything they can blackmail you with later, you have to and, keep giving them this stuff. And if you if you can't come up with anything, you just make something up. Just talk yeah. about bad. Just about say the shitty things about yeah. somebody and record it. Send it to us. So we can. It's so, collateral. Yeah. And ca- yeah. It's to keep you honest. It's to keep you. You know how you can't there. keep a secret? Make yourself have some consequences <laughs> of not keeping that secret. Yeah. It was. Uh. It, it's crazy. Crazy town. Um, yeah, I feel like that's been said about other quasi Hollywood religions mm-hmm. that they they do similar. Oh, they really to... related to Scientology. They're like, they, I didn't say like, it. He said it. Yeah, they oh, they related. The, they they're they're like, you can't. 
Okay. They're like, you can't, you'd want to get away. Good freaking luck. Yeah. They're going to terrorize you. Um, but some of the names <sighs> associated with this Nexium group, uh, throughout the years, um, cause they weren't any, it wasn't really anybody super famous except for like that Kristen crook that was on Smallville also, but she apparently must not have, she got out. Yeah. Before all this went down, she obviously saw or somebody told her, um, you need to, you know, exit. you would think that, that like a percentage of people are <laughs> going to see through this garbage. Mm-hmm. You would think, but Allison yeah. Mack, Kristen Crook. Well, that's um, what, that's how they can go so far because the only ones who stick with it are the ones who are really broken and really needy and really open to this. Any, you know, anyone sane would have left again on the first day. So the that's, footage that's of Allison. The footage of Allison Mack meeting him was like, oh my gosh, it's so, he's yeah. very charismatic. He just freaking owned her in just a from couple the, minutes. Yeah, from the get-go. And the weird thing was like, oh, you, when they were talking about, oh, you just, everybody goes to volleyball because Keith likes volleyball. And he's there, here in this crazy, like, 1980s headband with the long hair. This little like stubby, this yeah, this little stubby guy looks like he's straight out of gym class, and they're all yeah. just worshiping everything he says. And I was just like, oh, how could you not see it? But, um, it's Catherine Catherine Oxenberg's daughter, uh, India, um, who yeah, she was in it. Grace Parks, uh, Sarah Edmondson was a big part of it. Nikki Klein and um, I think that those were like all the major like if you saw them you'd be like oh yeah I know them from that show Battle Battlestar Galactica or whatever so so that's what yeah. I've been watching the last couple days I got a couple documentaries too if we're sticking on the documentary yeah, fun trip. ass documentaries let's do it um, I didn't I didn't even realize A and E's biography was still around. They're still making those, I guess. I didn't, I uh, didn't know A&E was still around. Yeah, it is. So I flipped past, uh, there was one on called I Want My MTV. Minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4. That's one small step for man. Mark, giant leap for mankind. Ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. MTV has been heralded as fresh and innovative and criticized for being shallow. When MTV first hit, this was the biggest talk in the universe. MTV dropped a grenade into our world. Everybody was watching MTV. People had it on like the radio. I want my MTV! Made international stars almost overnight. We had no idea what was going to happen because of MTV. It gave a visual representation to the artist that they did not have before. But you never looked at music the same way again. It was a two-hour documentary about the origins of the of the MTV channel and how it was created, and it was really interesting. It was the early days of cable. It was people not understanding, like, how would that even work? You know, it's like. You can't have a channel just for kids, you know. No, no advertisers would buy into that. It's just everyone was wrong about it from the, from day one, and it interviewed a lot of the, of the you know the VJs from that time and how they found them and how it was all just done on a shoestring budget and just kind of slapped together and they just figured it out on the fly. So it was it was really interesting. Um, 
The one thing I didn't know was the famous catchphrase, I want my MTV, was because so few cable mm-hmm. packages were including it. Yeah. Um, they're like, you know, they were putting on what they thought was a good show, but no, no, you know, your, your local cable had to carry it first before you got seen. So they were only on a few tiny markets. So one of the head guys knew Mick Jagger just from years in the music business. And he shows up and he's like, uh, Hey, can I get you to film something for me? He's like, you mean like a commercial? It's like, no, no, it's not a commercial. We just want you to say something about watching MTV. He's like, yeah, I usually get paid for that. <laughs> so he slaps a dollar on the table. He's like, here you go. One dollar. We're paying you. So they just throw a camera in there and Mick Jagger says, hey, I want my MTV. They got Pete Townsend to do it and mm-hmm. uh, Cindy Lauper and all these, you know, Sting and the police and all these 80s stars. I want my MTV. And then it said, call your cable company. Mm-hmm. And they would, you know, run it on local, uh, you know, other channels. So the I Want My MTV campaign wasn't even made for MTV. It was made to air on other channels. And it said they started getting floods of calls because, you know, only the cool kids knew what MTV was. So teenagers started calling, hey, I want my MTV. And they said they basically just started putting it into packages so people would stop calling them. So it was a very successful uh, advertising campaign and still memorable to this day, of course. Yeah. Hmm. But it was like I, I said, it was two hours, but it was not nearly enough. Like I could have watched it much longer. It just kind of skimmed everything. And I, I said, any, I've realized this about myself that I will watch. If I'm even slightly interested in something, I will watch any amount of hours of like vintage film clips and talking heads talking about it who were there, like that Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. Mm-hmm. That Ken Burns country music was 16 hours, and I would have watched even yeah. more of it. I want as in depth as possible. I don't like these superficial things that, like that yeah, high school video it, game. It had the whole thing about uh, when David Bowie came on, and uh, had Mark Goodman, the VJ, was talking about it. And I've seen this clip around, and he like, you know, he's interviewing David Bowie, and he says, "I have a question for you, actually. What, you know, why don't you play very many black artists on this channel?" And the video's like, oh, well, you know, it's demographics. Like, he's trying to, like, defend MTV. It's like, and David Bowie just kind of sitting there like, yeah, okay. And then that talks about how it went into Yo! MTV Raps. They put it on at 2 in the morning, and it got huge. And it's like, that was like 10 minutes of the show. It's like, that to me is, that's worth a whole documentary in itself. Right, right. So, yeah, it was was very surface level. But that reminded me of another thing I watched. This was a while back. Uh, I think quarantine was still going on when I watched this, but um it's called horror horror, uh, horror noir which is not easy to say a history of black horror so it was made in 2019 for shutter the horror app um it aired i forget what channel it aired on that that i happen to see it but it's on amazon prime right now but it's basically you know a documentary the, the history of you know african african americans in horror movies and it talks that of course jordan peele it starts with get out and like Look where we've come from these humble beginnings. Uh, it interviews Jordan Peele, Keith David, Tony Todd, you know, the the the, the mm-hmm. people you would expect to talk to. But it goes all the way back to, you know, 1915, the birth of a nation where, you know, a bunch of white people in blackface were the villains, you know, the hordes of black people coming to your town to, to, to take all the women. So, and then up through like the voodoo movies, all the zombie movies in the black and white era where the you know, the voodoo priests were the villains. 
uh, up to 1968, Night of the Living Dead, and the famous, you know, the, where the hero is an African-American, and it was, that wasn't written in the script. They just cast the best guy they had for the role, and it, then it became this giant, you know, right in the midst of the civil rights movement. Up through 70s, black exploitation movies like Blackula and all these movies, the 80s and the 90s, like how, you know, it, all the tropes began, or the black guy's the first one to die, or they're just a sidekick. Um, and then into the kind of the, the, the 90s where it kind of took off Candyman, Tales from the Hood, Demon Knights, Attack the Block, Get Out. So it kind of, you know, going from the, the you know, we're, we're, no representation whatsoever to, to much more in the more uh, recent era. So just again, and it, it just kind of scratched the surface of it. I, you know, there could, I'm sure even more to it, but it was, if you like horror movies at all, it was a definitely an interesting look back. Sounds good. There's a new show on HBO that I watched the first episode of. I think there's only two so far. It's a Ridley Scott show called Raised by Wolves. Yeah, I'm interested to hear. I haven't watched it, but I'm. Well, I'm, it's not something I would have said, Cliff, or you would have got a message. Uh, I, but I could be wrong. I don't know how you are about sci-fi. Yeah. No, I mean, other than it's not Star Wars. No, no, not at all. This is like pretty hard sci-fi. It's it's uh, it's Ridley Scott, so mm-hmm. it's got that feel. Um, I thought it was good. The first episode was excellent. I, I, I was, I mean, production was great, looked great. Um, but it is hard and dark sci-fi, and I'm curious to see whether it can keep up what it started out with the concept or whatever. But it was basically a uh, androids of some kind, like trying to. Um, populate this planet and that they were taking care of like humans and it was it was hmm. different yeah it looked very, different very dark like, and, uh, i think i watched a trailer or commercial for it and i was like i have no idea what this is about we got to the end it was like whoa that first episode when it, you get towards the end i'm like i'm Wonder where they're going from here, because that was very gruesome. Hmm. But it was good. Hmm. <sighs> I did watch all of Hard Knocks. There's five episodes or whatever I watched. Was it good? Monday. Yeah, I mean it was neat to watch. It was the Rams and the Chargers, mm-hmm. and they're dealing with COVID restrictions and had their different training camps and how they dealt with it, and it, it was pretty neat. It was hmm. neat to see. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, they've got the money to do it the right way and for the most part it looked like they did you know it was it was neat to see the process of a major yeah i i watched uh when football got ramped up again i was watching um footage the browns did a really good job of putting um videos out there showing everything they were doing um with covid night all the precautions and everything Turn, you know, um, turning the weight room into an extended locker room because they could only have so many players in the, you know, distance because they, you know, all the lockers are like so, six feet or more apart. 
um, they had to move a bunch of them into the into their weight room facility, and then they took all the all the weight room stuff and put it into their field house, so they couldn't practice in the field house if it like you know they had bad weather. So all their practices, um, what well, the, like there were fourteen pa- uh, practices, but they were all done outside this year, um, no matter what. Uh, and there were a couple. Yeah. And so these guys did it. They would have just like a enormous tent, mm-hmm. you know, you know, open on the sides, and that they lay down all the pads and put put out all their weights out there. So you're working out basically yeah. under a tent, just like it was kind of neat. Like look, it's like wow, you guys just came up with this setup so quick to have all this stuff to like do this right well they just have money to blow apparently it was it was interesting though when um they they showed them packing up their their offices in berea for the browns and then everybody taking their stuff home with them you know to set up you know because they they had to do virtual zoom meetings just like we're doing right now yeah and cleveland having a new coach come in they were installing and basically having players going out in their in their yard film themselves and then send it to the coaches to, to get feedback on it. So I mean it was crazy stuff but then the, when they got back into the building everybody <laughs> Is in that the bu- what the Is that what Uncle Rico was doing in Napoleon right. Dynamite? <laughs> right. Watch me throw this football. I bet I can throw it over that mountain. Yeah. And he stand back here and go End of his time. Yeah, he, said he was. But uh, but it was neat how they gave him uh, the little badges. Everybody has to wear that little badge that tracks every single person they come in contact with in that building in case there is a problem. They can contract, contact trace through that little badge. So that stuff was neat to me. I, I enjoyed that too. But man, that, that Rams yeah. new SoFi Stadium, the Rams and Chargers play in. Man, that thing is a palace. Absolute. They said it costs like five billion dollars to build. So it was amazing. Sorry, yeah, football sidebar. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um, a couple of a couple of trailers dropped for some shows we're excited about, and one I didn't remember existed. There's a trailer for Hellstrom on Hulu. Did you see that? Mm-mm. I think based I do. The, I don't know what it is. But... Based on the Marvel character who was originally named Son of Satan. There's a show coming out on Hulu October 16th. Marvel mm-hmm. Studios presents Hellstrom. Did I miss something? Like I, I feel like I would have known that was happening, but I, I guess I forgot this, or didn't know. Is this animated? No, no, it's live oh. action. Okay. I hadn't heard uh, of it, no. So the tra- it's like, you know, the original comic, it's Damien Hellstrom. They wanted to do, like, their, you know, the 70s. It was 1973, so Ghost Rider was big, Doctor Strange, all these mystical characters. They wanted to do another one. So they had da- Damien Hellstrom, son of Satan, and his sister is Satana. They've popped up over the years. He was a member of the Defenders back in the day. Um, so like, yeah, he has the, you know, these hell's born powers of mysticism and stuff, but the trailer may look very generic. It was like, and this may, there may be a twist later, but it was like, he's the son of a serial killer. I think he has serial killer genes in him. So they have to like, 
and he's trying to solve this mystery. It looked it looked like the most generic like it looked like Lucifer on Fox and uh uh what's the the brothers the the Winchester brothers what's that supernatural oh, it looked yeah. like that you know it looked like a lot of other shows trying to serialize a you know supernatural dark mm-hmm. mystery show but again just just from the the trailer peak we got it could end up being good but if you like me didn't know it was out there it's it's coming very soon before any of the other marvel shows are coming out so i i straight to hulu i guess yeah soon. what do you guys think of the uh, wandavision trailer did you watch it yeah that's all i thought it looked good I didn't think uh, I didn't think there was a lot of I mean there was new footage but it it seemed to be right on par with what we had previously seen. It looks looks like I mean I I really feel like I have have a vibe of what this is what's happening here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean uh, I there have to be like I mean well I assume that there's this is just a build up to House of M. It's like, what's her name? Catherine. The, oh, Catherine Hahn. Yes, like her and who uh, other people in the show are like just like, yeah, watching uh, Wanda, keeping mm-hmm. Wanda contained. You know, like Wanda's uh, must be just out of her mind. Uh, you know. Um, well upset upset about vision dying mm -hmm. and this is all just in her head or whatever it's got this is supposed to lead into the new doctor strange movie right i'm sure he is involved he's probably we'll find out he has been like doing whatever to keep her in there they've got her in some place and she's like watching tv or whatever or she's got you know mixed up something with some old tv things and you know, but she's like, they're trying to contain her uh, mind. She's freaking out about everything that happened to them. And she's created, just like she in the comics created ha- mm-hmm. they, them having kids. Right. She's created this thing t- to like calm herself. And they're wait, wait for her to lose her crap because she's so powerful. And Doctor Strange is helping. And then it's going to go into that, you know, multiverse stuff and. I, I feel like it's going to go into House of M. I just had a flash that I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure that's not happening to me right now. Whoa! Somebody may We're have watching Happy a, Days. Somebody may have just put me in a house to watch Happy Days to just keep me calm. Yeah. To just get through whatever is going on, <laughs> and I they might be watching me right now via Zoom. Because and I'm a little bit worried. Because like that moment in the trailer where Catherine Hans like laughing or whatever and he and paul button he's like what are you laughing about she's like you're dead mm-hmm. or no she's like I, am i dead and he's like why would you say it she goes because you are you know yeah it's like because she he he's got to be fake mm-hmm. you know it's all in wanda's head which sounds and cool. i'm not I, sure i'm not sure a full season of that is what i want to watch yeah, well i, I don't a full know. see I'll you know where it. we don't know what's real and what's not real you know then it becomes legion that fx show mm-hmm. and then it's like it's just all a head trip yeah. like I a don't, little bit of that would be very cool, but I think stretch it out too long, you're going to lose This looks it. a little more fun than yeah. Legion, though. Like, I, I, I like the idea of it's going to be fun. I don't think it's going to be very many episodes. I don't think I don't ante- anticipate any of these Marvel 
limited series being very many episodes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they had we had the announcement today. They're also going to be doing a uh, Sam Jackson's coming back for the uh, to do a Nick Fury series on Disney Plus also. So and uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. If you did, you guys see the Instagram post where we got Falcon's new costume, looking a bit a little bit more um, like his Captain America costume in the in the comics. So, um, but that's been delayed until 2021. Big surprise. And then, um, speaking of trailers, the one I got excited about just today. Coming to Netflix, Father of the Bride 3, guys. Not what I was expecting you to say. (laughs) You could have freaking given me a thousand guesses. (laughs) I'm engaged. I'm getting married. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you say? Hey. Oh. Just kidding. Grandpa. Mother and daughter are parking together. Oh, that is. George, we're all here. Come on. George, Maddie said it was important. I'm just washing my hands. One more happy birthday to go. I love the original. Not the original. Martin Short is still alive. And so is Steve Martin. He could come set up a wedding. So that they released Netflix released a trailer for Father of the Bride three. It all the original. You say cast, that just the way you say that, like that's the most epic. It's amazing words ever yes. uttered. It, Father I'm, of the Bride three. I, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I remember liking those. They were like nice. Neither nice movies mm-hmm. back in the uh in the early 90s early yeah. 90s yeah yeah the first like, one yeah I, I i don't i didn't dislike it i thought the daughter was really hot yeah Kim- <laughs> <laughs> she's married to brad paisley now um oh okay. kimberly williams uh but uh yeah i love i love the first one really like the second one um if it is on you can and somebody in the, in my household runs across it on you know network television at any point you can guarantee we will stop and watch that movie we all love it so i which am, one i really like the first one um second one's pretty good too though um what was martin short's name in that frank 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 yes and it's didn't he have a sidekick yes played by bd wong um yeah. and his name was something uh something probably racist. No no, it was um it was actually I can't remember the character's first name but it was his last name was Weinstein because <laughs> it was he, he he was it was supposed to be cast to be like a, a Jewish character and BD Wong came in. I can't believe I even know this. Uh, came in and did the audition. Oh, yeah, Jordan and I can't either. <laughs> we can't believe you know this. And that's he was, so crazy. They loved him so much for it 
that they kept the character name as it was and just cast him in the role. So that's good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so man, why don't we watch that trailer reveal? Well, it's only a teaser. We don't have the only, the only people doing a father of the bride three, (laughs) sorry, a father of the bride three (laughs) reaction trailer. Q Thunderstruck. <laughs> well, we were talking Disney Plus and all these big action things coming up, and then you got real happy. You're like, oh, guys, there was a new other trailer. I thought you were going Mandalorian, mm, but you swerved on us. So. Curveballed. Okay, were you more excited about Mandalorian or Father of the Bride? Well, I was more excited. Um... Father of the Yoda. One, <laughs> I was more excited about the Mandalorian season two trailer because I knew it was coming. I had oh. no idea about the father of the bride three, anything. So it just, they just, no word just dropped it. And I was like, are you kidding me? But, but what, what was in the Mando trailer? I forget. Um, there's the way it had the skinny had G- Gina Cunano. Yeah. Yeah. She's been in, she's gotten herself into some trouble uh, on Twitter. It took me a second, but I, I, I uh, No, it had, uh, it had skinny Gamorrean guards fighting in a, in a boxing ring with axes. They don't start out fat. <laughs> Apparently not. Who knew? So I, I You're was fat after you have that cushy job at Jabba's palace. Right, right. You get, you get lazy. Garden Just the... lean on your axe, lean yeah. on your axe all day. Yeah, you let the rancor do all the heavy lifting. So, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the big takeaway I think for most people was, of course, um, it's the Cyclops guy is in there. Um, and then, uh, that's all, all the... I've heard anyone talking about. Yeah, the, Cy- the Cyclops, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and then um, everybody kind of is converging onto the Mando uh, in d- this fight place, it looks like, this boxing ring place. And then, you know, we see him uh, hit the switch on his on his little gauntlet there in the, uh, what what bird, what, what was the bird weapon? Whistling birds. I don't know. I, I, I watched it on YouTube, <laughs> and then I scrolled down to this, just ruined it. I scrolled down to the comments. And it was all very positive, but it was just a sea of people trying to impress other people with how much they knew about Star Wars. Yeah. And it, all the comments were like, oh, I love how he used the bird of prey. And, and you know, oh, that's a great phaser weapon when you, you use the plasma blast. And it's like, oh, my gosh, people, just watch the show. There's a Cyclops guy. We're having fun. That's right. <laughs> but they knew they knew all the planets. Like, oh, man, that was a great yeah. scene approaching planet Lebedeba. It's like, oh, wow, that's people who need really, really need strangers I, to know how much they know. I was going to say that I was pretty sure that was Lebedada. <laughs> <laughs> I just was a little disheartened by the quote I heard from somebody involved that uh, things are going to really heat up in season four. Oh, like, really? Yeah. Like that one of the one of the creators or some I forget who it was, but it was just like really gonna find stuff out in season four. It's like what? Well, 
I was going to kind of, I was hoping to kind of lean on you guys a little bit for this, but there was a big, there's all these big news stories saying that, um, the man, uh, what's the actor's name? Pedro Pascal. Yes. <laughs> See, I don't even know the guy's name. I would go onto YouTube and comment. Yeah, yeah we got a one-eyed guy. guy. Yeah, we're just having fun here. <laughs> but every, uh, there were a bunch of reports that he had quit the show in like the middle of it. Like I was seeing this all over the place. I never heard that. And the big rumors going around that he had quit the show and they were just using stunt men. But I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. He's still got to do the voiceover or whatever, but I don't know. Maybe it's just four episodes of him going, this is the way, this is the way. So I, I had a customer this week tell me or ask me if I heard about George Lucas, how he had gotten to, again, very few details, not a, not a YouTube level fan, but he had gotten the lady in charge fired and he was coming back and was going to make his own trilogy the way he was going to do it originally, but now he's doing a whole new trilogy. And had I heard that, and I said, no, I had not heard that, but I'm very interested <laughs> to know more. <laughs> Please so Are there on. rumors? Sir, there rumors put down your ba- baseball bat. Odin doesn't like a Star Wars lady in charge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was a couple pieces of news. That, like, Why would George Lucas ever come back? They wouldn't invite he's, him back. Yeah, he's he not. Wouldn't it just didn't make any sense to me. No, this is um, pretty sure he has to give the four billion dollars back. You're right. Yeah, this is the state of the Star Wars fans all hating um, Kathleen Kennedy and the the new you know uh, anything Ryan Johnson had to do with Star Wars and <gasps> I just remembered something. What? I listen. I'm recommending a podcast mm-hmm. called Dead Eyes. There's a podcast <laughs> called Dead Eyes. I don't want to give too much away, but bet it's this comedian Connor Ratliff. Mm-hmm. You've seen him in things. He's plays very small roles, but he. That's why he uh, has a podcast. He's doing a podcast. Because he was, he had gotten a role in Band of Brothers, okay? A small role in Band of Brothers. And at some point, he was, had to do an audition again for Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks fired him because he had dead eyes. And he and he like heard it secondhand through his agent or whatever that's why and he did this podcast now the whole first season of it is out it's like 10 episodes or whatever tim talking to people about it and he's trying to figure out why exactly if that's why tom fired him what the he wants more information or whatever so he's talking trying to talk to everyone involved it's one of those like living history of like let's talk at, at it from every angle what happened you know, and there's a bunch of people on it, you know, big mm-hmm. names on it. And it's, it's excellent. It's a, it's a very interesting podcast. Let's this guy talk about that very trivial event Connor, that may or may not have greatly affected his life. Connor Ratliff. <laughs> I believe so. Yes. Yeah. It says, um, under his credit 
the George Lucas talk show TV series 2020. Uh, he 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 was in Search Party, Unbreakable, party on Kimmy Schmidt, yeah, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, a yeah. bunch of other little bunch of little things. He's but one of those people that probably gets cut out of a lot of movies mm-hmm. because he does such small parts things. But he's he's respected by his peers. You know he, uh, you know they all but some pretty decent names but like in the process of the talking that out he is saying things and someone some big star will come, call it and say well actually that's not exactly what happened and they'll say something and then say oh i felt awkward about this situation and somebody else will be like some other stars like well actually this is what happened to you know that and makes them feel better about it because they know details or whatever and it's good so it's a neat little chain of events as it goes and uh, it's interesting hmm yeah i've got it pulled up here so um but yeah uh the mandalorian <laughs> season two trailer came out along with a you um, said something that reminded me you'll yeah. know when you listen to the podcast uh i'll, I'll um, Entertainment Weekly also released some new images from the upcoming season, also, which will be out October 30th on Disney Plus. And is all that Baby Yoda merchandise out on store shelves finally? Just I, when the, I'm the pretty, heat had died yeah, down. Yeah, just just in the nick of time. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's it's been flooded uh, into the retail stores now. It's pretty much everywhere, so. So yeah, all that all that stuff happened when we watched it. Cool. We watched it for you out there. We watched it for us in here. That's what we do things. That's that's our motivation. We're 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 here for you. Yes. If you want to be here for us, you can become a patron, right, Cliff? That's right. One dollar uh, a month. You can uh, just click the little patron button if you have the Podbean app on our show. It'll come up. It'll say reward in red, and you just click that and sign right up there. Or you can go to our website, www.udownwithkpp.com, and uh, you could be illustrious like Michael. Um, no so. mention of what, uh, you know, is, is he... We're going to just keep it mysterious. You'll never know. If Michael might be here, he might not. You'll just have to tune in to find out. That's right. Yeah, one dollar. That's all it takes. You two can be in on the uh, number three podcast in uh, Cambodia. Uh, you're right. We we forgot how to end these. Yeah, things. we don't we, know what we just, we're doing. We've anymore. gotten further away and further and further. Three hundred right? episodes, and I feel like we're back to square one. <laughs> All right, guys. There are no small parts. There are only small podcasts. My name is Jordan Lowe. Cliff Barnes. What's up, Kapow! The pop cultured podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udamwithkpp.com.
If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow, the Pop Cultured Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at the Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show, Kapow, the Pop Cultured Podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, please sign up to be a patron through the Podbean app or our website, www.udownwithkpp.com, to receive special content and early access to some episodes. We are grateful to anyone that chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will always remain free, so please continue to like, comment, and share.